What's your revolution? Revolutionaries was good. Good, good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton, and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the ultimate men's summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. I need to ask you something. My dude, Rashid Thomas, what's your revolution? My revolution is looking in the mirror and self-discovery. My revolution is being willing to go as far with someone else as I'm willing to go with myself. My revolution is to look at anything, any beliefs, systems that I have or whatever I've internalized and willing to interrogate that so I can be the best version of myself. So I can be the best version of myself. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show, a show for men and the people who love them where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves, where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporu. What's good, revolutionaries? I hope all is well. And as we say on every show, I hope that you are finding your way, that you are finding your revolution, and that you are finding your community, that you're sitting in with your people and your midwives. I want to give a shout out to my boy, Dr. Travis Batts, uh, who helps me run our Revolt and a Revolve show. I want to shout out to my team, Sarah and Speedy and Seiko, who make this go. I want to say thank you to all of you revolutionaries who listen in every week and, and imbibe. That's my word. Imbibe the information that my guests give to you and then go out and be the most revolutionary versions of yourselves. It is because of you that this show continues to exist. And I want to say that I love you. I love you. I love you. As you know, we've been doing this show for six years, and sometimes we like to bring back our favorite guests, right? Some of the people who have, who have been the most prolific, the most uh, re- resonating, the most resounding, right? They have dropped deep thoughts, and you're like, wait, 
he just said what she just said what yeah so we get this opportunity and, and revolutionaries you know we talk about our five points to fulfilling your revolution revolt and evolve knowing your choice points finding your midwives knowing that your revolution is not just for you and always be becoming the next revolution of yourself but remember what i just said that second thing knowing your choice points if you go back and listen to this early episode my good friend my dear brother my dude Rashid Thomas came on and he dropped pearls and I want to give him like I want to give him his flowers right now like he came on but it it is it is so interesting how he how he labels himself with his consulting he is the chief leadership minister of RT consulting listen to that the minister right that means that he is dropping he is dropping wisdom to you as he thinks about his coaching practice and how we can show up better in the world so i want to introduce back to you revolutionaries and make sure that you go hear that earlier version of this but my dude my friend and my good dear brother rashid thomas what's up my friend how are you what's up what's up i'm very very well so glad to be back and so glad to be in the revolution <laughs> uh, you always you always looking good I, f- I feel kind of bad today you know what i'm saying i got the i got the hat down low you know got my noble you know i'm one of those that i just have some staples that i go to sometimes it's a zoom shirt and it's just a quick <laughs> zoom something something to throw on and actually um, i've been out and about with meetings today and then have some more meetings this afternoon and so Thank you for the compliment. Um, I recently had a birthday a couple weeks ago, and so people tell me I uh, look good, and I said it's a couple potions. <laughs> Nordstrom gets some money out of it. I'm not uh, mad. It's look, a couple. Po- I am not <laughs> mad at that. Shout out to our folks at Scotch Porter, uh, my good friend Alicia Worthington, yeah. yeah, who has been a wonderful partner for us as we, you know, as we think about what it means to show up, show up looking good as a man of color. You know, I, I talk about this beard all the time. This gray, you know, this, this gray, as, as my good friend, Kimberly Turner says, she was like, oh, your blonde flex are shining. I was like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess. So. Blonde flex. I love that. Yeah. Blonde, I love blonde that. flex. I've been thinking about cutting it off, man, but I, I don't know. We'll see what the revolutionaries say. Should I cut this off? Y'all let me know <laughs> when y'all hear this show, when y'all hear this show. Rashid, how are you, my brother? You, thank you for that question, and thank you for the check-in. Um, I am well. I'm uh, uh, living life and living it abundantly. Um, 2022 was a great year. Tax season was just done. I was like, oh, did better than I thought. <laughs> um and maybe I worked harder than I thought, but it, it went well. But it was a great year. Um, still in conversations around self-discovery, still in conversations around relationships. Um, family is doing well. I'm healthy and well. And really uh, not sure if I was ready for 2023 because it came so fast. Mm. But at the same time, it's here and we're at May almost. I mean, you might as well say it's May. Right? Might, and might so, as well. I don't want to I, I don't want to say it's May because that means my birthday is coming. And um, yeah. Yeah. Yay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, when you hit this mark, when you hit when you hit that that half century mark, <laughs> all of a sudden the accelerator. It's like it's like somebody's pouring gas on it. Like what? You know, yeah. Well, I'm a couple years behind you. I'm a couple years. I'm almost at my half century. And so I'm excited about that. But it's really uh, focused on the health and wellness. Um, You know, uh, 
I just had a lunch to say, a lunch meeting this afternoon and the gentleman asked me, are you vegan? And I said, no, but I'm paying attention to, you know, I got to keep the machine going. <laughs> um, and, and the systems of oppression want us sick. So we mm. can't resist. That's what I believe. Um, and so, but life is good. Uh, personal privilege. My nephew's turning six. And, I mean, he turned six on March 6th, but he's graduating from kindergarten in a couple weeks. Okay. So I'm going to spend time with him on that. And uh, maybe we'll do a wrestling match. <laughs> and he usually beats me, but I think I'm going to win this time. You think you're gonna His win name is time. Kai David. Not, That's my guy. Shout out. Shout out to brother Kai David and uh, gradu- graduating six years old. Do you remember that time in life? Man? Do you remember six? Just, just being a child. I do. And most of my memories, I think about that all the time um, in the sense that most of my memories were of being um, duty and responsibility very early on. And I know that's heavy to say, but I was raised by a single parent mother and we always were. I remember being in school and I remember learning and I remember answering questions. And I always remember that we uh, it, we had to do the right thing for the next thing, whatever that meant. And not that I knew what it meant, but I knew that there was no money a lot of times in the house I grew up in. And we had to be grateful for what we had, whatever it was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, I I don't know. I, I never really realized like we were a working class family. And dad was a principal. Mom was a, a school teacher. And, you know, educators didn't get paid a whole lot. I mean, we, we had a home we had an, and we had a nice home. My parents still live in the home. I, well, my mother still lives in the home. Uh, my dad's spirit lives there with her. And um, but I never thought about, you know, we, you know, never thought that we potentially some days couldn't make ends meet or, 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 or different things. You know, the, the lean times that we were growing up. I think that's part. I think that's the 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 part that parents have as as we grow up as children, is to, I want to say, shield us from some things, and there's also there there's also this 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 also for some and not for all this this child just wandering over the world. Like we we don't see the world sometimes as it is. We kind of create the world as it as as we see it from our our vantage point, and so it's always interesting. And the reason why I ask you that question is that the ability to play, and we've talked about this so much and so much at length uh, on the show recently, Rashib, is that as we get older, the more, at least for me, the more that I still want to play, I want to play childish games. I, 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 you know, I want to hit, I want to play tennis or I, I want to play pickleball or, uh, I want to play softball or, or, or something that just reminds me of my childhood that brought me joy. How are you, because you, you've said that, how are you bringing joy into your life right now? What are you doing? Thank you for that question again. And I want to tack on to what you were saying around, you know, it was during the pandemic, maybe 2021, that I hadn't realized I hadn't played or I hadn't access that level of childhood joy. And as a child, what I do remember outside of that duties and obligation that um, mom had to go to work, we couldn't go to the after school program. I also remember having fun doing those like mail order type um, 
I had pen pals as kids in mm-hmm. other countries, and I also had a mail order. Like we would write off for um, some form of like a catalog book, and you would get some activity that you had to build or something. But those things to get a stamp and to place it on a stamp and write a letter, those were those were my jam. Today, you know, how do I find joy? Um, it's what comes up for me when you ask that question, it's a couple things. One is being in nature. So pre-pandemic, I really wasn't out in nature that much. I mean, other than going to meetings. But when I now I go sit in the park and now I, you know, um, lay in the grass or have lunch outside, even on the weekends when um, there is no meeting, if I have um if sometimes some of my meetings, if we're near a park, I say, Hey, do you mind if we grab takeout mm-hmm. and go sit in the park? I love that. And then the other thing is finding joy is community. Yeah. So being in relationship with people yes. like, um, outside is fully back open. The pandemic is over May 11th. I think the federal government will say that the pandemic has come to an end, wow. but it, it, I believe so. So a lot of my friends who are work from home are prepping to go, go back, back in the work, office. Right. Um, I, I transitioned with, um, oh, I've had the ups and downs of, oh, outside is open, but I'm not ready to be outside. I like the virtual stuff. And then, but I realized how I show up in that and the networking and the, who are you or what are you doing? I was recently out of town and I was sitting in a room full of people that I didn't know anyone um, I didn't know anyone in the room other than a couple people who invited me. I remembered what makes me, what I find fun in, fun in and that's working the crowd. I'm a social butterfly. Oh. I talk about that in my book, what's making love on? to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's going on? How you doing? Can you, How can you, you doing? doing? I'm Rashid. We used to say. I'm I'm from New York. Where do you do? You, where do you live? And so I think it was 15 people. That I think within 30 minutes, I had got to all 15 people and just hi. And I, and I had fun doing that. Um, and I wasn't holding up the wall. So I, so act, uh, I was out last night. I have some things to do this weekend. And it's like when I'm, I put this on my social media the other day, when someone invites you somewhere, say yes. And so that's what I've been doing. And I've been finding joy in that. I gotcha. Let me ask this follow up question. And this is, this is a personal question because as we get older, sometimes at least in my world, it's, it's harder to find community. How are you? And you live in New York, you live in a city of almost 9 million people. So it's, it's not as hard, but for someone who is not in the robustness of New York, what kind of tips and strategies would you give them, particularly if, if they are, you know, transitioning into midlife or transitioning into a new area, how do they build community? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, we all want to know the how, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you hear the how, what does, I think there's a scripture out there that says for, there's text that says they hear the word, but they don't do the word or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you hear it, you got to do it. And what I've learned how I build community is I show up. So if when I get invites, I show up. I also seek out things to go to. I'm going to some um, legal and financial summit on Monday through an organization mm-hmm. that I'm not a member of, but it's it's a way I already have my QR code for my business card. Nice. I'm going to w- work the crowd and just get to know people. But it's it's connecting with people that are, enjoy the same hobbies that you do. It's actually um, introducing yourself to people. If say if you're at a religious event or spiritual event before you leave. Cause 
Charles, I'm the type of person I'll just dart out the door because I got to go to 10 more things, right? New York. But let me meet New York is- <laughs> at least three people. Hey, how are you? I'm Rashid. Hey, how are you? Here's my QR code. So meeting people, um, connecting people that are into similar hobbies, and then just being a uh, trying something. I've been to places. I found stuff on meetup.com mm. that I thought was so weird, but I was so interested in going I could tell you some stories. I went in somebody's apartment that they were having this, like these meetings or these readings. And I'm like, what am I doing here all by myself? And no one knows I'm here. But at the same time, I can tell you that I did it. Better drop a tag. This is where I am. (laughs) But I've had, so, um, looking for connections, finding similarities around, Hey, I'd like to knit or I like to go roller skating or biking and then showing up to the activities, um, running or exercise in the parks or whatnot. You ask people, Hey, how do you do that? Also, a lot of people, Charles don't want to speak to other people. If not now, then when, if not you, then who, right? Yeah. I speak to people on the airplane and had business deals after that. Or people say, you spoke to someone on the airplane. I said, we're sitting next to each other for nine hours. Why wouldn't I say, would, yeah, what do you do? Yeah. Exactly. Who are you? <laughs> exactly. No, I appreciate so, that. I think what I hear is, 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 is show up, show, show up, you know, and for the introvert like myself, like I've got to get, I've got to get over Sometimes I, I just want to go home sometimes, a lot of times, all the time, uh, every day. Um, so, but it's just, it's just kind of showing up. It's just kind of being like, I, I wouldn't say forcing, but just like showing up and, and, and showing up genuinely being the person, like you said, um, to introduce yourself, to talk, this is what I do. One of the things I was actually at the recording of this show, I had a conversation with my former associate, um, at Camelback, uh, Olivia, and we were just talking about the ability to leverage the opportunities that she's had at Camelback and that the relationships and networks will allow her to actually grow even more by using, by, by just talking to folks. I have been able to, in, in this space right now, at home in the 757, to be able to network, to be, and, and, and to show up, to sh- like you said, to show up, to build community, particularly around entre- entrepreneurship and investing by just being in the room, by just talking. And it's interesting to see the, how relationships build, because I remember just at, at first when you, that first meeting is like, oh, hello, it's a handshake. Now I'm walking into rooms and it's a hug and it's oh, so great. Oh, hey, here comes trouble. All the, you know, all the, right. All, all of the affectionate uh, platitudes, uh, <laughs> platitudes that might, might come with it. I don't know why, how, how platitudes came out of my mouth, but you know, um, it, it's always funny with, where did you where did you think about that word? But it, well, I, I digress. Relationships are key. Re- relationships are, 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 are big keys to our our life. So I appreciate you giving us. Go ahead. And if I could put in with that, um, you know, if it ha- in order for it to be different, it has to be different. So if you're someone who uh, maybe you don't need a new relationship or a new connection and you're absolutely fine and there is no angst about it. Okay. But if you're someone who says, geez, I'm lonely or geez, I'm alone a lot. Mm -hmm. And you start to notice that you start to notice that, oh, I don't have a plus one to go to brunch. I don't have a plus one to go to the the play or to go to the movies. If in if you want to change that in order for it to be different, it has to be different. And that starts with you by maybe. Yes, I got it. You never introduce yourself 
to someone first or you never spoke first in order for it to be different it has to be different so say hello do whatever and like you said those relationships build first it's oh hi nice to meet you next it's here comes trouble because we've been in relationship and for some people entrepreneurs or, or consultants or what have you that's i used to get upset by thinking that people only do business with people they're in relationship with but over the years i'm like uh hello they know me they trust me i know them they tr- i trust them and now let's get this deal done and so yeah. there's uh merit to that yeah yeah exactly no i appreciate it i appreciate it let's go ahead and you know uh, i need to ask you something <laughs> i need to ask you something my dude Rashid thomas uh the chief let me let me make sure i say this correctly the chief leadership minister leadership minister Minister of RT Consultant, what's your revolution? My revolution is looking in the mirror and self-discovery. My revolution is being willing to go as far with someone else as I'm willing to go with myself. My revolution is to look at anything, any beliefs, systems that I have or whatever I've internalized and willing to interrogate that so I can be the best version of myself. Um, I say that because the work that I'm doing, not just with coaching, but with diversity, equity, and inclusion with clients, you know, it's a lot of identity work up front before you can move on to um, working with other people and then interrogating systems. And I find that across all spectrums, a lot of people don't want to do the the internal work of uh, looking at identity. And I say that because um, I was working with a group of black professionals and we, we often say, Oh, that's not our stuff. That's their stuff. The dominant culture stuff, but we're getting the same images and we're getting the same misinformation that they're getting. And so if you're not interrogating how you've internalized it, then, and I had to interrogate, that with as a 20 year HR professional, I was the gatekeeper. Mm. I was the same. You need to change your hair. You need to do this. You need to look like this and do that. I was telling that to other black people. Hey, we're going to get you the job, but we got, you got to look this way. You got to do this part. Um, I was reinforcing dominant culture, mm. you know? And so I've not only that, so I've been willing to in, look in the mirror and interrogate my own belief systems. And that served me in other areas of my life. When it comes to love, what are my beliefs about? Where did I get that belief about? Why, what is it serving me when I, when it comes to money, you know, um, Mm. how, how good can I stand it? That's what, you know, it's just all of those things I've been willing to look in the mirror and, and, and go as far as with myself as I'm willing to go with a client and or with someone in my life. And so that's been um, good. And that's that, is my a, revolution. that is a beautiful revolution to think about it. Like the, the, the work of self awareness, really. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that I love the, you know, the eloquence of how you say to interrogate the beliefs that you have about yourself. And it is a wonderful opportunity for us as we age to do that because we have, we just talked about, playing as a child but oftentimes that our, our our beliefs our belief systems our experiences are are, are are cached in childhood and adolescence and early emerging what we call emerging adulthood and then now we're just out in the world 
with these beliefs and, and, and sometimes they are limiting beliefs about ourselves because I know even at this stage of my life, there's still limiting beliefs that I have to interrogate. You know, I, I actually, you know, at the recording of the show, I actually had to have a pep talk by one of my best friends because I was like, I don't know if I can show up like this. And he was like, why not? He was like, he, and sometimes he has to say, he's like, remember who the you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that it, it is yeah. it is that limiting beliefs, interrogating like, well, how did I even get to that belief? Right. Yeah. How did how did I get there? And so I love that, you know, being able to look in the mirror and say, hmm, where did this come from? Why do I feel this way? Why did I behave like that? Um, we talk about this all the time and you'll you'll love this book if you haven't read it. The 15 Commitments to Conscious Leadership. And my friend Mm. Joyce Chin was on the show uh, a couple of months ago and she talked about, you know, like the first commitment is 100 percent responsibility. You are responsible. Mm. You're responsible for your life, your actions, your beliefs, your behaviors. So what I'm saying is I love that we must all do an interrogation that should be at the forefront of every revolution is an interrogation of who we are. We've got to revolt from something to evolve into something else. And, and you know, when you say the responsibility, I'm so glad Ms. Chen said that in her book. Um, There's power. There's ownership. There's ability. I have an empower and ability to respond when I am responsible for self. Um, And you... It could come with age sometimes, right? Because you're saying, well, where did that come from? I, I, a couple of years ago, I was getting, actually it was last year, I was getting ready for something very huge um, in my uh, work that I do. And I looked at my life and I started to interrogate some of my beliefs, right? And I realized, Charles, that I had worked on Rashid as a young adult, a young corporate professional, And I also worked on just cleaning up some things from teenage years, right? You know, that pubescent Mm, stage, puberty stage where I was a mess or two left feet. I realized I had not worked on self as a child. And it caused me to go back to my childhood home in Seattle, Washington, or Mm. Tacoma outside of Seattle. And Charles, when I tell you I sat in the car outside of the apartment we lived at because I can remember the little boy looking out the window and I didn't know the words for I'm not enough or I don't matter. I didn't say that, but whatever it was, you can't have this toy or we can't do it at this time. Whatever it was, I made up something about myself that is still present. And so I forgave myself. I was grateful for the circumstances. I was grateful for the lessons. And I also looked at what worked because um, single parent mom raising two kids in, you know, the 80s and the 90s um, in predominantly black neighborhoods. That could have been um, there were so many things that were trapping young adults, Mm -hmm. right? Young kids. And so I look I went to my elementary school. I was scared that they were going to think I was a weirdo, right? But um, I walked around the... I walked... Here's the thing. I walked from my apartment door to my elementary school where I went to kindergarten in first grade. That was a 15-minute walk. I could never think of doing that with my six-year-old nephew. He's getting in a car and he's being brought to school. We had to walk by ourselves. 
and I and nothing happened. But at the same time, who was that little boy? What was he thinking while he was walking? And um, so, I, so I, I had to interrogate that little child. Yeah. I had never done that before, and so it got me cl- it got me really clear for something that I stepped into. And so. Um, so when I when I had a successful event, I was actually getting ready to do an event. And when I had an ex- successful event and the accolades and the pats on the shoulders, I was really proud of myself that I had whatever I was carrying yeah. that I wasn't Please. present to. But I, whatever I was carrying, I, I released it. And so I could step into yeah. some new things. That's a wonderful thing when you can release some of release some of the pain and some of like some of the <sighs> garbage that we can Mm -hmm. hold on to you know if we're thinking about people when they're asking like and answering the question what's your revolution sometimes sometimes it is just putting down the baggage that we have and all of us have that like all all of us have some sort of baggage and that you have to identify what that baggage is and then be able to work to put it down We, we we talk about this this is going to be an interesting segue for us because Revolutionaries, if you remember, Rashid was on the show, and, and we talked at, at the at the outset of the show is that he dropped he he dropped a bomb, like he dropped like this piece of knowledge that stick with, sticks with me, and it, I know that it sticks with you. But even as he said that his revolution is interrogating himself, so he can make sure that he is showing up as the best version of himself, he's got to know the choice points, you know that that happen. No, no, knowing when, like. I'm falling back into old choices or knowing when I can, I can move into the next choice and identify because we talk about this all the time is that I think there has to be some forethought about what the choices are, but Rashid, I want you to talk about this because I know you talk about this in your book, but I want you to talk about the importance of choice points, the knowing what the, the old choices are and then having the foresight, the, you know, the forethought to say, these are some of the choices that I may need to make as I'm fulfilling my revolution. Absolutely. And thank you for that. Um, you know, choice is huge. Choice is our only point of power. Every way we are mm-hmm. is a choice. Everything we do is a choice. And even choosing not to choose is a choice. We always have, that's our only point of power. Um, what I've learned and, So here's what I love to say. So, you know, when I'm doing trainings or whatnot and people are taking notes and I allow them to take notes, but I ask people all the time, when you're, when you get pissed off at somebody, do you pull your notes out? (laughs) No, you got to make a choice and it needs to be in your body, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. And so we do a lot of the theoretical work um, to build our muscles around when those choice points come up when the situation scenario of circumstance is happening, we can then um, get off automatic. And a lot of us are on automatic and we blame other people about a lot of things around our triggers, our hidden beliefs and our biases. But we all have that. And the, the more we can get off automatic, we can then say, okay, let me stop. I know I read somewhere you're not supposed to do this or you should think about it. Let me look. What are my choices? What are my options? What have I done historically? Mm, mm, what, mm. What, would, what would be new ground? Right. What's my pattern? And then uh, choose, make some choices. Say, OK, I'm going to go left or I'm going to go right and then do it, whatever you're going to do. But just really training yourself to say, OK, before I 
snap back. Let me actually look at, well, if, and, and then remember, I keep saying I want it to be different. And so if the, my pattern and what I've done is historically is to, to respond, to, to, uh, react instead of responding, then let me now do it differently. And so to your point, just like you said, you had to have a pep talk, you knew enough, you got yourself all automatic to say, Hey, let me reach out to somebody because yes. mm-hmm. I've been that way to where historically I'll just sit and wallow in something. Woe is me. Life isn't enough. So versus saying, Hey, let me call somebody or reach out mm-hmm. to someone to say, Hey, this is what's going on with me. What's your take on this? And they said, boy, shut up. Like I said, oh, or I've, I've even called uh, Charles when I've gotten a big contract that I was shook about. Like I was like, Oh my God, how do I show oh, up? How do I show up? How do I, sh- Oh my God. And the people. And so, um, but before I would try to figure it out on my own. And then the, at choice point, it's like, Hey, let me just, uh, talk this out, workshop it with somebody who's done this or who has experience. And then that gave me, um, that gave me some clarity and then I was able to move forward. And so that's what, uh, using your power of choice, um, you won't know who to be. I always joke, here's what I say, because some of, I was raised in a very religious household and sometimes I, I did not learn that in the Christian faith. And I did not learn that God was a loving God from the, how I was raised. <laughs> I get that now, but I didn't right. learn it that way. And I always joke, I say, isn't it the, those folks, they sure don't never pull out their Bible when they're telling you about this, that, and the third. So, so it has to be in them, right? And it, it has, has to be, be in them. us, the love, the joy, the peace, and the courage and the responsibility and all of those things to say, okay, I'm, and I'm making it sound so grand, but it could be, I said, I wasn't going to drink that coffee anymore. I'm releasing coffee or I'm not going to have cheese. And then two minutes later, cheese shows up on your table. For what are you going to do? Whatever. What are you going to do? What are you, what, what are you, you going to do? I think about that all the time. And it has been seated in me uh, about making choices. And, 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 you know, part of me, part of, part of this version of myself, as I say all the time on the show, is that I want to make sure that I want to make sure that I'm standing on top of the dead versions of myself, that this version can look down and see the dead versions of themselves uh, and say, you know, all right, good, you're dead. I'm on to this new version of myself. And I want to show up differently in relationship. I want to, I want to show, and I, you know, uh, and I, re- I remember a, a situation where, um, the person that I was seeing at the time, we were, you know, one of the, one of the choices that I've made is that we're not going to have a text battle. We're not going to go to war over text. Um, I've lost relationships over text because, you know, you, you know, text, texting and conversing are the, are the, the worst thing. A text conversation, particularly when you're in conflict or chaos in a relationship is the wor- is the worst thing. And the the worst. So I promised myself that I was not going to do that anymore. And so I got into a conversation with the person that I was seeing, and it it, it was it would have been so easy because I, I I sent a text and the, and the, to be vulnerable, the text was like, "Hey, love, good morning, thinking about you." And then it was like, um, "Here's my here's my schedule for today. Uh, let's see when we can connect." Well, the response was, "Okay." here's my schedule. And that was it. And I was like, that seemed in my mind, I started reading tone into 
the text. I was like, well, that's a little curt. And you just didn't even acknowledge that I said, I'm thinking about you. And so one of the things that I learned from this 15 commitments of conscious leadership is that we'd have to come with uh, curiosity. And so it would have been easy to jump in, but like, yo, well, you know, you seem kind of distant and all these kind of things, what's going on or is everything all right? All, all of the, all of the thoughts, but I made a choice that, all right, I'm not going to read into this text. I'm going to come with curiosity and I'm going to ask a question. So I text back because I knew I couldn't call. Did you get the first text in this series? No. What did it say? I resent it. Oh, this is lovely. I miss you too. I'm thinking of you, you know, want to make sure that we connect. See the, the difference, the, the, uh, the, the difference of the choice of coming with curiosity than just blowing up, which would have been a typical behavior. Like, yo, I'm feeling a little distant and you're not, but asking the curious question then led to, oh, it actually was a more, it was more of a bonding uh, moment for us because I came with curiosity. Now I'm not perfect, right? I'm, the, I'm giving you one one instance where you're not. <laughs> I'm shocked. No, <laughs> I'm giving you one instance where I made a I made a choice because it was in line with the larger choice that I was like, I'm not going to go to war over text, and I'm going to come with curiosity. So that led me to the choice point that I wanted to make, and so that's why I think that you know we we talk about making sure that at least and you can you can lambast this or whatever i think that you have to, you know when you're working on a revolution i think that you have to have some canned choices you have to have three or four things that you know that these are the choices that i if my revolution is to lose weight or my revolution is to run the the boston marathon or my revolution is to show a better relationship i i think and you can tell me if i'm wrong i think that you have to have four or five, three, four or five canned choices to know that I need to make these choices. I need to know going in. What do you think about that? I think that's very good. And thank you for sharing that story. You know what I also heard? I'm going to come back to what you said. I also heard in making the choice to ask a clarifying question, you also, some of your listeners and some of us, we have to look at what's the fact and what's a belief. That's mm-hmm. something that I talk about with people often. So the fact is, they responded saying, hey, here's my schedule. Anything else was a belief. For clarification, you got clarity. And I, I say that because, you know, it happens to people when your coworker doesn't speak to you in the morning when they walk mm-hmm. past you. The fact is they didn't speak. The, anything else was a belief. They could have been. And then when you interrogate or you ask clarifying questions, that's when you find out, oh, my God, there was an emergency and they had to run back to their desk. And you were like that. You had made up. They were no, they, no, they didn't. You know, <laughs> oh, you ain't speaking to me. Oh, I got you. I got, I got this you. how we. Oh, oh, this is how it is. This how now, we gonna right? do this today, huh? Um, <laughs> using violence today. <laughs> so, so that's what. But like you said, some canned choices. Absolutely, to to know what works for you and know when you have success in an area, you want to repeat that success. So if you know that waking up early um, to get your workout in, that's, that's my piece. Yeah. I know that I'm bet I'm my best version of myself when I work out earlier. Sometimes I have to work out in the evening, but I'm the best version of myself when I work out early. And so I need to make some choices that, and I need to have actions that align with that. So the alarm clock or clearing the schedule, or like, I think, 
um, tomorrow I need to be not, I think I need to be somewhere tomorrow very early. So that means my workout is pushed earlier. Um, in the day, I think I'm up at five tomorrow cause I got to be somewhere. Choice um, points. so, but have, would you say choice points, choice points? Um, when you have, but having a few canned choices or things you go to, um, like preparation, let's see, I'm doing a training on Saturday. The materials, I already have them printed out. I'm reviewing them now. That's a choice that I make to review my thing, mm-hmm. uh, materials. So I'm, I can have freedom with it and flow. So although I have the lesson plan, I don't need to refer to it or it'll be very uh, minimal because I've rehearsed it. There were times that I didn't do that. There were times that I would run into whatever mm-hmm. scenario and think like, okay, what am I doing? And I hadn't rehearsed it. I hadn't customized it to the client. Crazy, right? And so those are things that I know that work for me and work for the life that I dream about. And last thing I'll say is um, you talked about old versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Here's what I say, or dead versions of yourself. People don't change. They transform or mm-hmm. they grow. I'd like to think, because when we the universe made us, brilliance and everything extraordinary was already given to us. Yes? Would you agree with that? I would, everything. All the tools. And then life circumstances, life started lifing, and some of us forgot how to access it, didn't know how to access it, stopped accessing whatever the brilliance, the tools that were given to us. And then as we grow and transform, we keep accessing what's already there, what's already there, what's been hidden, what's been covered up. Now, for some of us, especially us um, black folk, melanated folk, some of us, it's been covered up through uh, generational trauma. Right. And so we're actually tapping in to our, our core and to our liberatory healing. Mm-hmm. Others, it's um, somewhere along the way, somebody told you you weren't enough. Somewhere along the way, someone didn't give you the job offer. Somewhere they wanted to break up with you or they told you um, you don't know how to cook. I don't know, whatever it may be. And you, oh, you made up something. <laughs> and then. And then we stopped accessing our brilliance. And so as we continue to um, tap into those things and those choices will help us tap back into what the universe, God, mother, father, earth has already given us. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, it's interesting that I, I appreciate you saying the last, the last part, uh, mother, earth, God, the universe, all the different things, because there are thousands of people who listen to the show. Who have a who have a number of beliefs, and we want to make sure that that we know that you are seen and heard here on the show by saying that. And I love that. I thank you for saying that and recognizing that there's a, a variety of beliefs of people that listen to this show. So, one, thank you for saying that. Two, um, you're right. It's like you're you're absolutely right in 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 the facet that. We transform. I, when, and when you said that, it was like, we're almost like a continually, like we're a phoenix. Sometimes we've got to rise out of the, out of the ashes from something, but we were given the tools and we, and, and I, I, I wish sometimes that we could, uh, you know, there, there was a button where we could, we could forget that, that ill, where we could forget that transgression, where we could forget that breakup, you know, or, or whatever, and just move on. But there's a learning piece in all of that, right? There's a learning piece in all of that. And, and, and how do I move past those things? 
how do I interrogate, as we say, how do I interrogate who I am in those situations? And, and we'll get better. You know, the, the pain may, the, the pain may come, but it doesn't last as long. Because you, you, you understand like, well, this is not indicative of who I am or the person I am. You stop, in, you, you stop validating stories that are invalid. You know, I wrote yesterday, in, and I'm going to expand on this. I have it. This was just the idea. But how do you stay interested when, how do you stay interested in you when they're no longer interested? <laughs> whatever right and i'm still working on it i'm still fleshing that out but that i was like how do i stay interested in me because quickly we can internalize things mm-hmm. the layoff comes tech industry just had a massive layoff so i know people here in new york saying their whole department was wiped out of course the dni teams right mm-hmm. diversity equity always. inclusion teams always right and so um, how do I stay interested in me? And, and that's what I've worked with some of those clients. Like, look, here's, we're not internalizing that. This is something that happened. Um, how do you stay interested in you when they're no longer interested for whatever reason? I love and that. so I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm still interested in me. You're not interested. Okay. Man, that is Didn't work powerful. This that is powerful. How do you stay interested in yourself when they are no longer interested? Man, I can't wait to read that. <laughs> That's the revolution. That can be a revolution for so many people because we will internalize. And I say we, I, even at this stage, will internalize like like the rejection. Like, and what what the revolution is? I think that we have to pay pay close attention to what Brother Rashid said earlier: is that there are facts and then there are beliefs, mm-hmm. right? And our beliefs are the ones that dictate behavior. We've got to shift our beliefs. But like he said, you know, just like, wow. I mean, that's a a drop the mic moment, what you just said. You know, I... um What happens is, and I say this, just like you said, I, not we, I, you know, I had to look at all of the masks that I created around I don't want to be hurt again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be disappointed again. All of the masks that I created into where I was in a phase of and what I work with people, you forget, you don't even know who you are because you've been so busy trying to be somebody else and not understanding who you are because of the hurt and the pain and the, the layoffs and all of that and the rejection and internalizing and all these masks show up and then it's people sending their representatives out in the world. And then, um, once they look at it, we do some work around, um, getting off automatic and also looking at your choices, then people and interrogating and asking clarifying questions, people can see like, okay, this is, this brought me joy. I love doing this. And then they, so they reconnect to that. Um, and the next time the next person is not interested, it's not an indictment on them, like you Man. said. Ooh, not an indictment. How to stay interested in yourself when someone else has lost interest in you. That is pow- That is a powerful statement because we have to stay with ourselves. We, can, we cannot lose ourselves. People will come and go. All right. people, will come, people will come and go. But if you, you're the person that stays with yourself. That in itself, like I said, is one of the most powerful revolutions that you can have, Rashid. Let me, and how I came to that and just thinking about that. So 
someone in my life that I thought we had a different relationship. This is full transparency and vulnerability. I wasn't invited to their wedding. This is recent. And I'm, I was in a, I was like, I'm not invited. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, Hey, let me not make up anything. It's, I've had free chicken dinners um, <laughs> enough to last me a lifetime. That leather, or, that le- leathery yeah, we- that wedding chicken. <laughs> I've had it all. And I said, you know what? But would, you know what had happened a couple of times, not just with this one. This probably was the second one or third one to where I said, oh, I'm no longer on these people's invite list. And I said, well, how do I stay interested in myself when no one, because it, 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 it stung for a moment. Yeah. Full transparency. It stung. I was like, and then hold on. Let's say this. Everybody around me was invited, but me. And I'm like, is there something we need to talk about? Yeah, yeah. But hey, my, um, I'm in integrity mm-hmm. and um and it's not an indictment on me. Life is life is lifing, and maybe maybe my chicken dinner would have put the bill over the top. Okay, <laughs> it, it is an interesting thing because I've watched myself wa- watch myself because I I I I am the <laughs> I'm the unicorn in all of my groups. I'm single, never been married, no kids. And yeah, life, life, life changes, life, life change. And the boys trips change now to, Hey, I'm going with my wife and kids, you know, Mm. uh, those things. And I had to, I had to come to the realization that, you know, somebody moved my cheese and I had to be okay with that. Yeah. That I, I had, and I had to realize that it was, it was at first the belief was like, well, what's wrong with me? Right. Right. What, what's wrong with me? Well, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. But to realize that life changed, my life stayed the same. And I could not look at their lives and our relationships the same that they had always been. And so that right. was, that was a, that was a revolution and a transformation in thought because I was like, man, man my boys are like, I don't hear from this as often they don't want to travel like they used to. I could barely, I barely get to see them. It's not that they don't love me. Their, li- their lives are different than mine. And how do you love yourself? How do you keep interest in yourself when others lose interest in you? Because, and it's not a, sometimes it's not a malicious thing. It is just life is lifing for them in a different way. Right. And I think, man, I, I, I'm going to have to internalize this even more once we, once we finish this conversation, because it is it is one of the most profound things that I've ever heard because we, we have to do that because people come and go. People leave regardless. Right. How do we still love on ourselves and keep the belief that if you're a good person, that you're a good person? Now, you might be you might be a, an effed up person. Well, that's, that's another thing that you got to deal with. But if you are a good person and people leave. You still have to you still have to find love in within yourself because new people will come. And I'm in a, a conversation what I want to a conversation of discovering new people and knowing that I'm grateful for the relationships I've had or the version of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. The people that I'm in relationship with, they're they're coupled up, they have kids, and I realize the level of negotiation that has to happen <laughs> just to go on a trip. 
I went on a family vacation with my sister, her husband, and the nephew, and my mother. And, you know, us single guys, like, I could bounce out the bed, be at the excursion, and we're good. It's a whole negotiation. Oh, we got to eat. We got to do this and that. It's a whole negotiation, which I was I enjoyed. But like you said, their life is lifing differently. And so it's about continuing to build community. Um, I'm big enough. And what I tell my clients, you're big enough to you have capacity that you can find new people and you can have new relationships. And nobody did anything wrong. Like you, your friends, your friends, your boys didn't do anything wrong. They got kids who you sitting up with a crying kid. That's that looks different. Now it's um, uh, so that's why being in connection, like going to events and meetups and meeting people, you know, um, I as I get older, I'm also still understanding what the younger the next generation is doing. Right. Um, so I can stay present to them and, and have fun with them. But um it's it's yeah i i'm in the same way of you know no one did anything wrong but it's also still building community i i'm nothing's wrong with me nothing's wrong with you or your listeners um it's and it's it's acknowledging the transition and then also um also being grateful for what transpired because i believe relationships are holy relationships so some of the, even though they move on or things look different, or I actually appreciate the people that are in my life. And the only reason why this one gentleman, because it stung is because we, we, uh, the universe used them in my life to really, uh, in a powerful way over the years. And so I'm grateful for that. And if, if he was doing what he was supposed to do universally, then it's been done. And so I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Revolutionaries, look, it's, it is it is always a blessing to talk to this luminary, uh, this luminary. I want to make sure that we plug that beautiful book about that life, about that life. About that yes, life. about that life, leadership lessons for the urban professional. You know, usually I have it sitting behind I me, but like, I where, think where I had it. About that life. I <laughs> usually have it sitting behind me, but I had it. Uh, but th- there's the book. People can go to, uh, you can Google it or so, but go to. Uh, go, get, go get that book. Oh, some, some about of, that life book.com. Yeah. Some of my most prominent and most notable friends like Seth Levine, uh, after hearing the show, got that book. Uh, my friend, Dr. Travis Batts also has that book and just a shout out for him. The about, he actually has the about that life podcast. Um, so make sure that you all are checking that, checking that podcast out as well. Look, brother, we're going to, we're going to land, land this, land this revolutionary ship. I'm going to ask you one question. Pick a number one through five. Um, four, four. Um, what people are affected by your revolution the most? Hmm. What people are people who the people that are affected by my revolution are the the most are the people who are seeking um, deeper understanding of their life and deeper understanding of how they can um, make their mark on the planet. And so that's what I that's what I'm experiencing. People who come seeking. I'm grateful that in some way the universe is uh, allowing me to be the answer to their prayers. And so, um, and, and a part of their, their prayer, 
a part of their prayer because I'm one person in a big picture. I've worked with people that go on to do extraordinary things and it started with a conversation with me, but they come seeking and they come seeking to contribute to the planet in a way that they haven't done yet, but we get to that. Yeah, no, I, I love it when people come seeking and remember uh, this brother's revolution is to interrogate to interrogate himself, right? To go as deep as he, to go as deep in within himself as he goes with his clients to make sure that he can show up as the best version of himself. That is the revolution, revolutionaries. And so think about that. Think about that. Go stand in the mirror, right? That's the exercise that I think that has to happen is that go stand in the mirror and, and, Ask yourself, do you like what you see? Do you like the person that you are? Do you like the person that you've been? What do you need to revolt from to evolve into the person that you want to be? Think about it. I'm, I'm saying that to you, revolutionaries. What do you need to revolt from? What behaviors, thoughts, limiting beliefs, people that you need to revolt from and what do you need to involve into? What are the communities that you need to be involved in? What are the behaviors that you need to exhibit? What are the beliefs about yourself? And then, and then once you know that, what are the choices that you have to make so you can ensure that you are fulfilling the revolution? Put three or four things that you know that have to happen as you're evolving into that person. I need to do this. I need to make this choice to ensure that I'm still down this road of being the revolutionary version of myself. You know that we love you. I said that at the outside of this show, that we love you, that we're here for you. We want to hear about what your revolutions are. So make sure that you check us out on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, and on YouTube, where you can see this, this, my dear brother, my dear brother and his wonderful background. Any last words, my dear brother, to our revolutionaries? Um, you know, thank you for this opportunity to speak to your listeners and be in your community. I appreciate being part of your community for you, for the listeners. You know what I'd say in, as they, uh, answer the question for themselves, what's their revolution is we talked about choice points, keep choosing from your vision, Mm -hmm. right? And so whatever your vision is, make the choices that align with your vision. Your vision will always tell you who to be and then what to do. So keep choosing from your vision. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, brother. And we wish you well and and all that you're doing. And I want to give a shout out, give a plug. If you need quality, like excellent, amazing leadership development and coaching, go, please go to, to, I want to make sure, Rashib, R-A-H-S-H-I-B, thomas.com we'll put it in the show notes but reach out to this brother because it will be life affirming and life changing so we will talk to you soon and as we say we hope that you have the ability to answer what we think here is the most thought-provoking question of your life what's your revolution we'll see you soon everybody take care peace I do I talk about like knowing your choice points because I've learned every way you are is a choice everything you do is a choice even choosing not to choose is a choice and as the world is continuing to evolve we there's um 
you won't know who to be until you get that text message that pisses you off. You won't know who to be until they call you into the meeting. You won't know who to be when the person, when the contract slides across the table and it's the number you were expecting and then some you know it's like okay who am i going to be and choice points come up and then what am i going to choose and to if we can be present to that and get off automatic um and interrupt the automatic right a lot of us i think last night i went for a walk in my neighborhood um five mile walk got it in and i was coming back and my automatic was i was going to go to the store I was going to go to the store and for some reason the store near my apartment hasn't started selling watermelon yet. So I keep buying the cut up watermelon, which is expensive and inefficient. <laughs> like just give me a watermelon so I can do it. But then I said, well, Rushy, why is it every time you go for a walk, you feel the need afterwards to spend money? Like, oh, let me just go shop. Like I'm going in the store getting stuff that I don't need. And so what I got clear to, I was like, oh, Rushy, you're on automatic get off automatic and you have enough dinner items in the house and so and you can wait on the and i had fruit in the refrigerator so i could wait what's the revolution